0: Welcome to Drew versus the World. drew versus the world podcast about living loving laughing and inspiration through information today we have Brittany and brendan from the pickleville production um llc um how are you guys doing today doing very well how about you good i can't complain just you know it's a beautiful sunday here in charlotte hot as fuck um but <laughs> but it's um i rather take this than the rain because it seems like every time it rains here the power goes out, so, uh, yeah. How's okay. it over where you guys are? Are You still in Connecticut? Yep,
1: we're in mm-hmm. Connecticut. It's 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 nice out. It has this running hot days, and then it's been raining a lot here too. But mm-hmm. nothing like that Charlotte rain. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> you really try just to like, dodge like, it, somehow it still gets you. Like, type rain! You know? I don't yeah,
0: understand. And, the, and it's crazy. Charlotte's so small, but like a a half of Charlotte would have no rain and then the other half will like have torrential downpours yeah. Yeah. you know it's just which which side are you going to get during the day and then it's the, it's the worst because if one side like i would it would be like one side would have rain and then we have power outages and it'll be sunny as hell over here and we're like what the hell happened mm-hmm. so yeah. we 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 get it we get it anyway we live around these parts but um so first and foremost um I have a part of the podcast. This brand new. It's called The Quarantine Check-In. Right? So I know you guys have been probably in quarantine for the past couple of months, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's, we're not, it's just not just quarantine check-ins. Also, I call it the mental health check-in to make sure everybody's good and that everybody, you know, is having a good, like, what have they gotten out of the quarantine? So my first question it, to both of you guys is can you give me one word that would describe your time in quarantine go first
1: productive
2: um i would say resilience hmm. and why
1: um so you know it's a lot going on as always i have a lot going on but there's a lot going mm-hmm. on because we had a movie that was supposed to come out vaginal sobriety um, this summer. Um, I'm working on another project called dear woke people. Um, Mm. And um, I also started doing yoga. So um, i started to become a yoga instructor and do certification. So um, I was concerned on how I was going to get all that work done because the certification, there's a lot of paperwork and I have to do classes and things like that. Um, So for things to slow down, I was able to catch up on my work as I work in the school. So I was able to catch up on that work on top of do the work I need to for certifications and my licensures and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I still have things to do. And then on top of all of that, our wedding planning. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's just the being able to slow down and like plan and, it felt a little bit better because mentally I'll get overwhelmed by thinking about the process of everything I have to do. So,
2: yeah. Um, I say resilience because, uh, you know, the one thing that remains steady uh, or that has remained steady throughout this process is obstacles. Um, So you have to make make sure that you remain uh, focused. um, You remain resilient and you remain stronger than whatever fear this quarantine uh, has bestowed upon you. So, uh, you know, to piggyback off of what my fiance said, um, you know, the product, she's only able to be productive throughout this time because of her resilience.
0: Mm. So that, uh, that's, that's, that's my word. Go. That's my word. <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> what skills have you guys learned during the quarantine that you're going to take out of quarantine? Like, have you guys learned about, like, you know, a good meal to cook? Have you guys, you know, created, like, I know you're doing yoga classes. Have you learned anything new about yoga? Have you learned anything about new about yoga? Have you learned anything, like, any skills that you kind of curated during this time?
2: Um, I realized that I am a better multitasker than I used to give myself <laughs> credit. Um, to um, both Brittany and I are considered uh, essential workers. So nice. um, the only thing that that shifted throughout these five months was our uh, workplace. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, we still, you know, did the same amount of work. My job, I actually, my caseload probably doubled or even tripled um, during that time. And, you know, I was able to uh, multitask. Uh, when it comes to that, and the second thing that I learned about myself is I am uh, way better at marketing than I thought I was, digital marketing. Mm. Uh, my lovely fiance. she's smirking because she has been telling me um, that I have this skill for going on two years. but uh, it wasn't until we were you know required to physically be still for the past mm. five months that I realized that 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 skill. Uh, truly is something that I have.
1: Um, for me, yeah, yoga um, has been helpful with, like, just keeping in shape in my body, being more, like, self-aware about things. Um, <laughs> I did, it didn't help with the quarantine weight, but <laughs> it, it did let me be aware of my body awareness of, like, something not feeling right like why my knees hurt you know like those things like like that um that and just being more cognizant about the energy you have around you because although we've been locked up in the house some people and what they've been posting on on social media and like the things you hear you you feel like I don't need that energy. Um, so mm-hmm. I'ma just unfollow you and we're gonna keep it moving, you know. Um, so I, I it definitely taught you a lot about people and things. Um, I know that human connection is important, but the, the the desperation that comes with that and what people were saying is just was like that was negative. I was like, I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. So um those are the things that kind of feel like aha
0: <laughs> In moments. Uh, So were you guys quarantining together for the most of the most of the time?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Uh, Through my uh, master ways, I convinced my job to let me come back um, about, (laughs) what would you say, like six weeks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, so for the majority of the time we were quarantined together, um, besides Mm -hmm. outside of these last six weeks, I do three days at at work and, and the two days here. So
0: it's pretty good. Okay. So, what have you learned about your partner during your quarantine time? So, this is like total shut-in time. You don't have no time you you, you didn't have no you couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. There's only a few things open. There's no like shared events you can share. What have you learned about each other during that time?
1: Um that he loves me a lot.
2: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> um, you know, Because you have more, you know, it's it's funny when you're always working and this and that and Mm -hmm. you're passing and you you make time for each other. But it's different Mm -hmm. when you're like just always together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, even if we're like having a little disagreement or something, you know, we it's interesting how our communication has developed in a way where even like learning how to like talk to each other got better Mm -hmm. and you know and then like you know he would just surprise me with gifts and things like that which you know you can't be upset about that and so (laughs) uh, I would say yeah that we we learned how to communicate better Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. work together better because Although I'm an introvert and you know Brendan's more of a social butterfly than me. It depends on where I am for me to be a social butterfly. Um, you know, there was times that you know he's like, I want to go out, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm chilling, I'm about to go read a book, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm good over here. But um, you know, being his support was important and you know, us just learning to work together and communicate better was what I think we learned.
2: Um, I wouldn't say that I necessarily learned something new about Brittany because, you know, from the moment we started dating, you know, every aspect of her has been on my to-do list. So, you know, learning these things. Um, over the past two years has been essential to me. But I will say, um, one of the things or the main thing that has been confirmed for me about my uh, fiance is um, even in a world tragedy, a a global pandemic, I still choose her over and over and over again. And you know it because you know, <laughs> you 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 know it because you put the ring on the finger. That's
0: powerful, man. Just
2: just, just like just like she's saying, um, and Brittany to tell you, ask her how many Walmart runs I went. Like I just I I. It was a really it was a really weird time for I'm us. Gonna
1: sacrifice myself for you. So you can have something no. to eat. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> that kind of love.
2: <laughs> well. Well, true. Well, the funny thing is, he's actually being serious. Like, <laughs> he, did
1: not, he did not want to leave the house.
2: It was like a weird. I would say like three weeks, where mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm gonna go to the grocery store. Let me let me do this. Let me do." Because you know I'm a very traditional man, and although mm-hmm. the traditional aspects of me are not defined by money and gifts and things like that, the traditional aspect is defined by um, actions and and uh, chivalry and, you know, just making it easy for my fiance, you know, she's extremely independent. And if she wasn't independent, I wouldn't be sitting next to her. But there is something about serving <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, your, your fiance, soon to be wife and, you know, in heights, cause we've been in quarantine, what, five months? So well really four, but she started her like she works at a school. So her quarantine started all the way back in February. Oh yeah. March. It was March. Okay. So um you you really do have that animalistic uh tendency about yourself. You're like, no, you are not even going to stand in line somewhere. You're not, you know, I'm there with the mask holding holding the bags and everything like that. And so that's how I come to that conclusion about uh about um you know, what was confirmed for me, you know, even in a world pandemic, I still choose her over and over again. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing.
0: Yeah, I, I. it's like a hard reset, I, mm-hmm. I think, on relationships because you have oh, yeah. to. Because no, there's no, it's no leaving that. Like, nope. even when you said you went out to Walmart, that's mm-hmm. like you get like maybe an hour out. Yeah, and you got to yeah. come back in. And, that, right. and then to your point, you're like, oh, we're going to have we're going to have this little um, argument. You ain't going nowhere. So yeah, yeah, we gotta yeah. get over this. <laughs> we, we, this so we gotta we gotta take care of this. We gotta communicate yeah. if either we're gonna bypass it and move move forward, or this is we're gonna hunker down and try to find a solution. So yeah. it yeah, this complete hard reset. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was the quarantine check-in. Cool. All right, we're gonna have sounds and stuff like going. In there. Okay. <laughs> Post production, you know, you know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you touched about about it a little bit um, a little bit during the quarantine check in about um, you know films that you guys are creating and I mean mm-hmm. uh, uh, I know you get, you had like a play that you did previously mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then a, another film that's coming out um, first and foremost are you guys what what is the idea of Pickleville Productions and what are mm-hmm. your guys kind of parts in that kind of production company?
1: okay so I'm the CEO of Pickle Productions because my nickname is Pickle and Pickleville I I changed it because originally I had it as Pickle Knox and I was thinking like kind of like a school kind of a vibe to it but then I was like no like my my Mm -hmm. mind is like a village like there's like so much going on and like because my mind is like I look at things in so many different perspectives of all times. You know, my goal is always to try to give more than one perspective to a situation when I create something. So I thought Pickleville would have been better because I wanted mm-hmm. to give a village of like, what's going on in, in Pickle's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pickleville Productions is an advocacy, like an art advocacy um, organization. So we take social issues and we like, you know, write about them and we perform them, you know, we, It's all about acting and there's a lot of dance. Sometimes we do singing. Um, You know, sometimes if I'm in a good mood, I'll do some of my poetry in there. And it's it's Mm. just, you know, bringing awareness to issues, giving people different perspectives on situations, taking someone else's perspective on a situation and putting it on a platform so that their voice feels heard is pretty much what that is. Now, he's my director of operations, so he handles the money. He makes sure people aren't crossing Mm. me, Um, you know, and he also helps with all the marketing stuff. Um, So, you know, he's always the one like, you need this and you need that. Like, so he'd be on me about all the business stuff I need. I'm all like, I just want to make art, you know? And so he's like, no, you need to, (laughs) you need to, like. True True, Yeah. (laughs) So that's what he's there for. And like, he's really good at it. So it's really great that, um. We were
0: able to be this power couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Brendan, I don't know you too well. I, me and Brittany go back from the JCSU days. Can you mm-hmm. give me a little bit about your background and like how did you, how did you, how did you become director of operations and what what are the skills that you kind of curated through your life that makes you kind of like a good person to do business? Okay, so. Um... I am a uh, United States Air Force veteran. Um, came, home,
2: uh, back in 2000- my uh, came home back in two thousand. My pleasure. Came home back in two thousand and ten, uh, and a couple of years after that, I started my own community-based organization called BC Consulting. Uh, very local. I, I would do uh, motivational speaking, inspirational speaking, uh, keynote speaking, and um, my niche was interview etiquette at the time, um, you know, uh, partnered with a lot of community-based organizations, but it's also important to mention that I also partnered with some international organizations too, because if you're going to be a gift to the world, you need to be a, a strong contribution to the global community, not just your community. And I feel as black, black and brown people, what we do, we want to be, you know, we want to be, uh, king of the avenues, but you don't want to be a, a, a pawn, um, you know, on a global scale. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was always important to me, especially my teaching in the Air Force, uh, a pawn mm-hmm. on a global scale has more power than the king on an avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have to really humble yourself to, to come to that ideology. So fast forward a couple of years. BC Consulting was successful to me at the time, uh, being in my early 20s and everything like that. Um, then I shifted to my in my late 20s to rebrand the company to a foundation because everything, the majority of everything I was doing was a community based, but it was also very philanthropic. I started mm-hmm. my uh, own Turkey drive uh, in Hartford uh, back in 2016. It was called 25 turkeys for 25 family. Very simple. Uh, put nice. a campaign out. This is before I knew about lighting with Instagram and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't have social media now, but when I, I, I would look back at the videos and it's all like, Foggy, and I'm like, I can't believe I already knew that. But um, I I tell that story to say the uh, 25 Turkeys for 25 Families campaign, I ended up getting 37 turkeys um, that year. And I only started the campaign three weeks before Thanksgiving. So I'm just like, okay, this is pretty dope. Um, You know, I can see myself doing this. And uh, that was 2016. So uh, 2017, we went ahead and uh, continued that. we, We upped it 100 turkeys for 100 families. Um, yes. did not get 100 turkeys uh, did not get 100 <laughs> turkeys I, I, did, I didn't have the marketing chops to know you can't go from a quarter to a full bird just like that Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible but we did get enough turkeys to feed <clears throat> I think we had like 50, I think we hit our halfway mark um, 2015, excuse me 2018 I rebranded to the Cobert Foundation uh, as mentioned all the philanthropic work and so on and so forth um, just to rewind a little bit. I uh, started philanthropy by giving away my first scholarship when I was 25 years old. It's um, called Stronger Than My Fears Scholarship. It was 100% focused on self-esteem and self-confidence, retention. And uh, the applicants, what they had to do was essentially write me a, a, an essay about how they use self-motivation to, to to become stronger than their fears. It could be professional, it could be scholastic, and it could be personal. Either one. I wasn't choosing um, around the time I started um, the Cobra Foundation, that's when Brittany and I met a little bit before that. And um, I always knew that if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe, and Brittany and I were talking about this a little bit ago, I don't believe in that seat at the table mentality. Uh, never have, never will. Uh, this is not something that I. Confine myself to because I think it's dangerous to adapt that ideology. Because even if you consider yourself a success, you will always need the validation of individuals uh, in order for you to feel good. So, mm-hmm. you know, and this is no disrespect to local organizations, but I didn't have basketball tournaments. I was speaking at the United Nations. Mm-hmm. I I I've been a speaker at the United Nations two times in my life, and you know for the culture me and my mentees we pulled up to the united nations blast the nwa you know mm-hmm. what i mean it, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a thing about it
0: Jesus. right
2: yeah 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 right yeah you know and it's it's a thing about it because you know i'm a large tattooed black man but mm-hmm. when you know i throw i throw my suit on everybody in that room Paid me my respect, and not by force. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I wasn't bullying anybody or anything like that. We were talking about peace, and peace has many signs. Um, so what essentially made me qualify to? Uh, oh, I since dissolved the Cobra Foundation. That's an important part. I'm just going to recommend and and uh, do that. But the passion and the work is still there. Okay. So what happened?
0: Where Sorry to cut you off. Were yeah. they nonprofit? Did you? Did you? Uh, were yeah. they nonprofit organizations? Okay. <laughs> See, yeah. So I, I, I've... <laughs> I just have a couple questions.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The risk. The risk with nonprofit is I am not comfortable with a board of directors having more power than I do over mm-hmm. my dream because yes. the myth is if you're not nonprofit, you're evil, and that's not true. That's mm-hmm. not true. You can choose to give away a hundred turkeys. You can choose to give away a scholarship. You don't need to be nonprofit. So what what happened between Brittany and I? Um, you know, she was giving me a lot of credit, but she's not giving herself credit. She, what she ended up doing was helping me with all of the soft skills when it came to the Cobra Foundation. Um, set up like this, do it like this, do this icebreaker. Because me, I'm a am I'm, I'm really a bridge to business type of guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when you you're doing big events like conferences, international conferences, the UN, it's business. So you're up there, you know, spitting game and this and that, but she really helped me when it comes to that. But I can market digitally very well. I, I, I know how to write a caption. I know how to write, uh, you know, if it's a one word, I mean, if it's a three word caption or a 30 word caption. I do speeches. I you know do so on and so forth. My job is while she reigns queen over her empire, I'm, I need to be there protecting the kingdom. And I do that. By letting her know that before the year is up, we need to get out our LLC information. I I let her know that by explaining the difference between different business licenses. I let her know that by making sure that she, and you you even use this, her Pickleville.org email address versus Mm -hmm. Pickleville at gmail.com both yes, completely will, different mm-hmm. right both will, will will allow you to send and receive emails but there are individuals who won't even email you if you will not dedicate twelve dollars to purchase a mm-hmm. domain uh, mm-hmm. so yeah and i've been That's doing funny. that uh ever since
0: yeah it's funny that you say that too because um i just um i'm i'm doing a just uh, a little plug for myself. I'm yes. doing a back to school, back to school drive called cool. uh, the called the pull up. And the idea okay. is because where we can't we can't be uh, we social distancing, people yep. can literally pull up on us, and we give you school supplies. So Genius. that's why it's called the pull up. Like <laughs> the pull up. So um, and I was saying that um, I'm not a nonprofit, so mm-hmm. there's been a lot of flack from yep. people like. Like hey, you know, you how are you doing this? Where's the money going? Da 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 da. And then it's been very fun to kind of give them to also to your other point to give them my be like hey, if you want to send information, send it to my business email, yeah. um, info at trulygenius co. Yeah. And they're, they're like they're like oh, I didn't know you had. And I don't have a website. I don't Neither have an Instagram. I. I don't have mm-hmm. a Facebook. I don't have none of that. I just had that one piece of like what 25 characters yeah. and they're like oh wow you're kind of legit i think <laughs> and like you said it it cost me six bucks like i'm yeah, like yeah hey, what you guys-
2: and people think okay. like you have a whole office building i'm just like exactly. do are like five
0: dollars <laughs> like yeah but it's the mentality like, though it's the initiative that you took to do right. it too you're right yeah that's they, true yeah they're finding that too they're like oh you took the time to first get a domain and then you took the time how do you navigate that and i've been getting so many questions like how did you get i'm like i bought it like you said (laughs) yeah i thought that was available and i got it right um okay so you guys are the superpower couple i get it um So uh so what are what is your kind of thought process about moving forward with these projects? So tell me a little bit more about um vaginal sobriety and what what do you want the people to get out of that project?
1: <laughs> so vaginal <laughs> sobriety is about a girl who is a virgin. And what happens is it kind of it kind of attacks light like, society and in, in how they are very sexual Stigmatism. and the stigmas behind you know being sexual versus being a virgin and like what she kind of deals with in her relationships with people and you know and who she dates um, and what happens is it kind of gets to her head you know because she sees herself getting laughed at people you know are pressuring her about it her decisions and so she starts to try to be more you know like sexual and be more flirty and all these different things um and so it's kind of it's kind of trying to get people to understand that whatever your decision is that you just stand by that regardless of like what's happening and that the right people will fall into place for you um mm-hmm. so that was kind of that, that was what that was about. So it, it kind of tackles like, you know, women and self esteem. Um, you know social and, pressures. Yeah, social pressures. It's had a little bit on men, but I focus more on women because I've been that more in my life than a man. So <laughs> I was born a woman. But <laughs> but you know,
0: you're like that's what I found in quarantine.
1: <laughs> okay, so yes, <laughs> they were really like engaged in the um into it more than I expected them to, and they actually had a mm-hmm. really interest- interesting perspective on you know why they were, um, and I learned a lot about people in like their sexual um. Preferences and like their order, like, and their perceptions about things
0: mm-hmm.
1: through making that project. I'm
2: talking about the next
1: one. And Dear Wolf
2: People? You know, that's my baby.
1: Yeah, so Dear Wolf People is still in, <laughs> it's still in the oven, but it was inspired mm-hmm. because I, I've really been people watching. Like, I really. Um, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's, yeah. it's just, I've seen so many different philosophies and conspiracy theories. That I just sit there and I'm just like, Black people. And this is definitely for Black people. Black people, you know, there's one thing for when the systematic oppression is happening and they're really systematically, you know, doing something to you. But it's another thing when, like, you have these hypotheses that you're acting on, these theories that you were just like, no, this is really what it is. That's why we got to move mm-hmm. like this. And we're like, why do we have them? Actually, CNN just popped out and told us what is really happening, but you still think it's more than that, you know? That uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> was like, no, I'm I'm inspired to write this. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're,
0: we're... Conspiracy theory, conspiracy, woke people. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what I call them. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: As far as from an operational standpoint where Pippleville is going, um, the idea is to be a a pillar in the community theater world. Um, you know, you don't want to you don't want to block your blessings and say we never want to get too big because that's just a counterproductive thing to say. However, um, we do always want to let individuals know that status will never be a hindrance on you working with Pickleville Productions. You know, the main thing that will be a hindrance and or qualification is talent, passion, and activism. So, you know, in a perfect world down the line, a young college kid come, comes to, to, to Brittany and myself, probably Brittany. I'm just probably gonna be doing numbers somewhere in some office, <laughs> not talking about anybody. You know, come comes to Brittany and he or she says, you know, Um, you know, I I wrote this play when I was a freshman in college and, you know, the school wouldn't let me do it because they said it was too political, but I really worked hard on it. Brittany's, she's not going to guarantee that person that they'll be able to show it at Pickleville Production Studios, Mm -hmm. but I know her and she will read it. She will give it Mm -hmm. an unbiased, you know, opinion. And if she wants to pick it up, she will. And if not, she'll still wish them the best of luck and still tell them to continue fighting the good fight because that's what she did. Uh, we're going to be really big on validation. And I say validation in the uncommon way because Brittany cannot validate a young writer's passion the same way these individuals who didn't want to work with us, who didn't take her work serious, they still don't validate her. You know, it, is, it has never been about ticket sales. The reason why she was able to explain how the the movie was unable to come out this spring due to coronavirus, and she was able to explain that with a smile on her face, was the ticket sales was never her passion. That was never Mm -hmm. what she was trying to grab. What she was grabbing is individuals knowing this story, and that has no space or time. There's no space or time where you can inspire somebody. So that is Pickle Now, we do plan to make it to the Oscars. We do plan there to, we go. you know, so I'm not going to be fake deep out here. And, and you know, I anticipate, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I anticipate, yeah, wait till you see it. You're going to be crying. I can't wait for my part. <laughs> um, like I anticipate my wife saying, hey, babe, I'm going to be out in, 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 uh, in Hollywood for a couple of weeks. Like I anticipate that stuff because, uh-huh. you know, I went to Black Girls Rock last year. And I, I had a, a, a great opportunity to talk to a lot of high profile, excuse me, high profile people about Britney and about Pipperville Productions. And, you know, I wasn't like, hey, can we call? It wasn't none of that. I was like, hey, you know, at the time she was my girlfriend. She wasn't my fiance. I was like, hey, you know, what information can I take back? to my girlfriend about this. I don't need you to follow me on Instagram or nothing like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like when I kind of let them know that and I, I wasn't up to anything, they gave me some real good advice that I gave to Britney. and everybody's pretty much on the same page. Like, you know, this Hollywood stuff is after the fact. Yeah. So that's really where we see it going.
0: Yeah. Tyler Perry, I think has shifted the paradigm into yeah. how to create your own oh, empire absolutely. through just hard work mm-hmm. determination. And like, Longevity. I think that's the thing that a lot of people have. Like, they want Instagram has give you that that spur of the moment, like fame, but longevity. Like, even um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kid Batch, King Batch. Oh yes, 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 I know him. Yeah, he's a what you call? He's a um, uh, Instagram. I would say he got Instagram Vine famous, and now he's kind of trying to matriculate himself into like having that longevity by going to different movies and different avenues, trying to be taken a little bit more Mm -hmm. serious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a little yeah, so it I, I can't wait. I'm I can't wait to the production, can't mm-hmm. wait to the red carpet because I'll come. Oh, we appreciate that. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so Brittany, um, can you give a little background about yourself? I didn't give a oh, year time in the sense. Oh what yeah. Up? I mean I
1: know How you, you know, know me, but okay. <laughs> exactly. But
0: everybody don't know you. I was like, I was <laughs> like, I didn't Funny. give <laughs> time. <laughs> my name is Jackson. my
1: nickname is pickle. Um, I've had that since I was five years old. I got it from a cheerleading coach. She felt that I was a unique individual that needed her unique nickname. So that was how I achieved that. Um, And I was, I cheered all the way through high school and stuff like that. I was a competition cheerleader. So I traveled um, up and down the East Coast um, cheering. and then when I, before I graduated, I got injured. So cheerleading kind of ended there. Um, and so I picked up dancing cause I was really into um, becoming a professional cheerleader which you know about. Um, so mm-hmm. I started getting into those dance studios when I um, went to Johnson C. Smith for um, my undergrad. Um, I studied psychology and I took electives in theater. And I realized how much I enjoyed it. I only took it because I, have anxiety and I have, um, bossophobia, which is public. I'm, I'm afraid of public speaking. So <laughs> I have, a, so I thought that, you know, doing acting would help me overcome my fear of, you know, public speaking. And I ended up loving it. Um, so I decided to continue to take classes. If I had more time, I probably would have minored. It was, uh, it was, it was hard between that and Spanish. I didn't know. So I just left it alone. Um, <laughs> And while I was there, too, I started, you know, I guess I I took a few dance class electives, too, while I was at Smith. But mostly it was the acting classes. And I did a lot of projects and a lot of like my acting friends got together. We did a lot of projects and things like that. Um, And then I ended up getting an internship to go to Minnesota um, for Penumbra Mm -hmm. Theater, a black owned theater that does a lot of social justice work and I remember graduating I always said I wanted to be a therapist during the day and then I do my art stuff at night but I don't know how that's gonna look blah blah you know and I went there and it was like an eye-opening I was like this is it this is what I want to do and they did exactly that they talked a lot about social justice and promoting social change and they did it in art form so you had your acting classes you had to read about different um like theories and know different types of like directors and things and their and their ideologies on like art mm-hmm. um we had classes and then we also like took african dance classes so i had this really dope african dance teacher and you learned a lot about different styles of theater like improv and you know uh um, reader um theater and you know even the one that's um when you're like in the middle of like an actual live place and you start just acting and people are like what's going on Uh, like a
0: flash mob
1: yeah yeah it's like that But I don't want to say the name wrong but it's a type type of theater as well and it was just so cool I was like this is it this is what I want to do okay no so how do I make that and then I'm like in my grad school program trying to chase it I'm like so this is what I really want to do and my like supervisor looking at me crazy like okay well I mean it's not what we're doing here. That's something else, but you, you can get to that later. And then I had um another teacher who was really big on being like, no, that that's dope. Like I have a guy who does so um social change um art projects right in New York. She gave me this information and stuff. I looked them up, it's kind of cool. So she was like, No, this is great. This is great, this is social work, like absolutely go for mm-hmm. it, you know. And you know, and somebody gave me some good advice, and they were just like, you know, it's it's just about being around like-minded people like what, what you're doing it will be it, she said it will be very successful she said just be around like-minded people and I've always kept that with me so I um I went to grad school in UConn for social work and mm-hmm. then when I left there I started I, I did the therapy work hated it um <laughs> so I moved on to find what I wanted to do in social I'm like well I can't you know, I'm not in a place where I can just be on my art income. So, uh, I ended up finally finding a good place. Um, I'm at a school now, um, and I do social emotional learning. That's what it's called, but we're so ah. And so, you know, I work with elementary school kids on identifying their feelings and their emotions in their minds and their body and how, you know, all those different things. um, and that's why, and you know, and that's where the yoga comes into. Like I do that with them because that all is nice. aligned with social emotional learning.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um and after that, you know, as you know, I just went. I had like a a rough time where I was kind of like, you know, depressed. And so I started praying, and God was just like, right. And that's how I ended up writing my first musical. It wasn't even a play; it was a musical. And I got the community to come together and put on this play called Hope for Hartford. Um, mm-hmm. So Hartford in the north end is, you know, it's known for a lot of violence and things. So it kind of it, it promoted like the, you know, not having anti-violence and all that stuff. And like yep. we talked a lot about prayer, you know, bringing prayer back into the school systems. And um, so that was kind of the focus, like, you know. It's about the violence and like bringing prayer back into school. Um, and it sold out, and people were so moved by it. Um, I for like a good year and a half, people were writing me and letting me know I inspired them to do their own projects, I inspired them to do more in the community to, to promote, you know, stop the violence in Hartford. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was really a great outcome, even after <laughs> the show, you know. Yeah. And now we're looking at vaginal sobriety, and here we
0: are. That's, that's to to touch on one point that I, your mind is like very interesting (laughs) is that you have, you literally have, you said to me, you said that you have an issue with public speaking, and then you had the wherewithal to be like, you know what, theater might help, which is literally intense public speaking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like to have the idea to think that's, that's, that's interesting I wonder I wonder yeah I wonder if they like people have connected those dots to where people that have that type of like social anxiety to mm-hmm. use that as a catalyst for their help for their healing hmm, hmm. okay I write that down that's a good idea <laughs> um okay um thank you for giving us kind of like insight into you um so we can go into the next part which is shots fired oh, yeah. yeah cool <laughs> so it's 15 to 20 questions, okay. uh depending on how I feel. Um <laughs> and first thing that comes to your head, just give me an answer. Do we go cool? in
2: order or like one by one or
0: one by one, please. Okay, you go first. Okay. No, 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 no. We're gonna do one by one. So you give answer, then you give answer. Oh, I see. Whoever okay, okay, of, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I some because yeah, because sometimes I remember I started this and it was, I had like three people and they were like gray i'm like hold on <laughs> it's like everybody can't say it at once right. <laughs> okay all right um so this is shots fired what's your favorite color i don't have one great what's your favorite sport cheerleading baseball what's your favorite movie along his goodnight. godfather part two what movie do you hate to love Notebook. Your third person I said notebook. <laughs> okay. Uh this might have to stop this.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get upset every time Tony dies. I get I get I'm emotional every time.
0: Okay, okay. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh it's not, but it is. One place that you want to visit
1: <laughs> London.
0: Venice, Italy. Would you prefer to to travel forward in time or back in time?
2: Back.
1: Yeah, I said back.
0: Who is your celebrity crush?
1: Brendan Colbert.
0: The famous Brittany Johnson. Good job. uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm with this. That might be a clip. That might be a clip. Uh, what's your favorite type of music? Opera.
1: Um, and alternative rock.
0: Okay. Now, um, I'm going to ask, who's your favorite artist? But I'm preface this by saying it doesn't have to be musical artists. It can be a playwright. It can be a painter. It could be a dancer. It could be anybody whose art conveys emotion to you? Denzel Washington.
2: Missy Elliott.
0: Okay. Um, what song would describe your life? Any Up.
1: <laughs> Back that thing up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. What, what song will be played in a loop in your hell? In my hell. Um
2: anything from Takashi six nine
1: August,
0: <laughs> <laughs> August <Yeah>. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> who who would you change places with for one day? No one Horse. What
1: <laughs> they just sit there to eat, they should be chilling. Okay, Dude, simple life, you know.
0: All right, um, what would be the name of your autobiography? Kingmaker
1: Define Gravity.
0: Mm. If you had to be handcuffed to someone for one month, who would it be? Brendan Johnson,
2: Brendan Colbert.
0: Good job. Um, if you had a talk show, who would be your first guess, alive or dead? And what would be the first question you ask them?
2: Nas. Nas would be my first guess. And my very first question I would ask him is, how did it feel to become king at 19 years old? Hmm. How did it feel to become king to an empire not built yet at 19 years old? 1994, April. Hmm.
1: Queen Latifah, and I would ask her, what helped her do everything she desired?
0: What's one superpower you want to have? Strength.
1: Um, I would like to teleport.
0: Okay. What is one of your guilty pleasures? <laughs> Shit, let me let me uh, let me choose one. Um, frosting, mm. just out of the out of, out of the jar. Out of the just, jar. Just... <laughs> I said I unrepronounced you, Chuck and Larry. Yeah, <laughs> I said that yeah. yesterday
2: just on right. Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, they just added it. Yeah, about
1: you. See, I don't have a guilty pleasure because I just. <laughs> because I'm weird and I know it and I embrace it so it's hard to be like I'm embarrassed to tell everybody I like this
2: well guilty pleasure is not that. all the guilty pleasure is is something that you you like doing like some people's guilty pleasures
0: yeah. are just regular stuff mm-hmm. like sometimes I'm, one of my guilty pleasures is going you know to the bathroom and using a squatty potty instead of just going regular See.
1: <laughs> I guess I guess the the, the the people watching. Okay. I like, just, I like listening to people and, and what they think about stuff.
0: So last question. What is your death row meal? Last meal of life. I need an app, I need an entree, and I need a dessert. You want over? I already got mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um
2: appetizer is going to be mozzarella sticks. Um, the actual meal is going to be um, beef marsala, no onions, no mushrooms, garlic mashed potatoes whipped with basil, asparagus, and the dessert is going to be um, blueberry pie. Nice. And some Kool Aid. Ooh, okay.
1: If it's today, I'm feeling mac and cheese. Collard greens Pizza mm-hmm. um, Chocolate Cake with Duce de Leche ice cream. drink? And cheese fries. Like the real cheese. Like the when the cheese is like burnt on it. That.
2: What do you want to drink? Oh like water. Yeah. When you're deaf, bro.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey,
0: yeah. All right. And that is Shots Fired. All right. And that, there will be sound effects there, too. like bah, bah, bah. So- <laughs> I was trying.
1: I was trying.
0: <laughs> um, so um, next, going to the Pillar podcast on life. Um, I'm going to go straight to the weird question. Um, do you have a story about their encounter with an alien, ghost, or spirit? Yes.
2: I have an encounter with a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I was in elementary school. Um, had to be in like sixth grade or something like that. And it was seven o'clock PM on a Sunday. And I was walking in my hallway of my parents' house. And I looked down the stairs. And there was some sort of ghost, some type of spirit. He was about six feet tall. He was dressed like Jeepers Creepers, basically. You had to have that mm. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and then looked away and kept walking. And I was petrified. Um, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, I saw what I saw.
1: I had a few encounters.
0: Um... I feel like Connecticut also. Has <laughs> like, a, 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 like Oh, yeah. Like the, I mean, they got places uh, up the street. Like, yeah. Like, But go ahead.
1: Yeah, I I was like coming down the stairs in my house, and like saw like a a white, glowy thing. You know, Um, I was told when I was younger, uh, my grandma, my grandmother on my father's side died when um, I was five. I used to see her sometimes, Um, and I would also sometimes feel her touching my hair. I'm mm. like laying down. I oh, would I could
0: feel her. All right. It's a good stories. So I like <laughs> it. Um, so you so next phase is love. Um, you guys are just so madly in love with each other. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. You know, not respond to the spoons Um, It's delicious. Um, <laughs> um so can you tell me a Either I'm gonna give you an option: either an embarrassing date story, or an or your worst breakup story. All right,
1: <laughs> I think our first date, right? Was that...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: was that the time? Was that the time I tripped on the on the table? No, that wasn't the time. No. Okay, so um, <laughs> our first date was kind of. An embarrassing story because one, I didn't know it was like a date. Um, I just thought we like we because we were like we were friends for a little bit. Like, I just thought he wanted someone to go with him, um, to a gala. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I got you. When I get off work, you know, I might be a little late because you know we get off right at you know five. But I ended up being like I guess really late, so um, it was ending. I I got the key, but I saw the keynote speaker and then we went across and like had a really nice conversation. So um that was kind of
2: embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> so, so I have two and i will combine two into one. Uh, our official second date. Um, we went to this really nice place at the top of the city. Um, it was really nice. So I pulled out all the stops. I called the restaurant, let them know everything was coming, let them know we were pulling up, everything. So mind you, I have never done this before. So, I, you know, I tried, I, 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 I like the ambiance of I'll pick you up, or we're just going to go. But the restaurant was like an hour away. Yeah, so we're driving on the highway, and she's like seeing like 20 miles to New York, and she's just like, Where are we going? Um, and then when we get to the restaurant, it's private parking, so we ended up going at the bottom level of a parking Real garage. Sus. And she was like, uh, And then no, there was no cell reception like a, or nothing like a tunnel or something. I
1: was like, yeah, oh my god, yeah, this yeah. man's about to kill me, right? Right,
2: <laughs> um, so. We get upstairs to the top floor, the 19th floor of the skyscraper. And then you know, I have all, I got us a corner table. Uh, I've been to a couple of networking events there. So they knew me feeling like a big mobster, all of that.
0: Then mm. I had some flowers
2: <laughs> on the table. Uh, I had some flowers on the table. You know, I'm thinking, I've never done this before. Not, you know, um, but the flowers were yellow and I didn't know flower colors meant anything. I got you some roses. So we go back to her. I was like, drop her off. And then she's, uh, I guess her mom was like, maybe he just wants to be your friend. Because I guess yellow roses means. Yeah, your friendship. Because you know, when they asked me, you know, color, I said, whatever you have. And I guess that's all they had left. But that happened. Uh, and the, the other um, uh, embarrassing date was, this is, so after that day we had con- continued dating continuously like saw each other every day like that whole phase and you know one of our spots used to be tgi, TGI fridays i don't know why but that was our date spot two years ago it was oh we would like the particular meal that they had so you know chicken. yeah they had really good chicken um but she was her and her family were getting ready to drive down to a family reunion so we're there for lunch i'm a scotch drinker. So I ordered some scotch, but the waiter gave me like this much of scotch, right? And <laughs> and and Brittany doesn't drink, which is fine, you know. But in the middle of lunch, she had to like go. She was like, oh my God, my hair appointment, blah, blah, blah. So I asked her to check. But the the crazy thing is, I had killed that bottle. Yeah. I mean that because you you think you're gonna be there for an hour. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like. Yeah, I'm that guy who, who, who is tipsy at 1 p.m. because he was going <laughs> on a So yeah, those are my embarrassing stories. It's this funny in happy. hindsight, but it wasn't funny. Yeah,
0: you it wasn't my You probably didn't have a problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, the last but not least, laughter. Um, it brings us all together. Um, I think we had a good amount of laughs during this conversation. <laughs> But the question is, what's one thing that you could think of that immediately a smile comes to your face? Immediately. You can think of every time and you're ready, you get like a chuckle out of it.
1: My niece. Just um, her, her, everything right now is Apple.
2: So that's weird.
1: Weird. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, her, that's her word right now. Really? So she calls people Apple. And, I mean,
0: apple. So. Uh-uh. does she like apples I, don't know. I, yeah you know, I, I don't
1: know <laughs> apple baby food she's only one so
0: um, okay okay okay, okay. But
1: yeah she's she makes me apple laugh
0: apple baby because... food is lit by the way apple baby food is lit and sweet <laughs> potatoes is lit yeah yeah, I like, yeah. Apple, <laughs> I like the apple one I like the
2: sweet potato one is good but I like the banana joint banana ooh. joint go hard
1: <laughs> ooh that about, about that <laughs> <laughs>
0: um (laughs)
2: one thing that always brings a smile to my face is thinking about the way that my nieces um, explain my tattoos Mm -hmm. um because you know it's clear even layla Brittany's niece has her weird thing with my tattoo—it's not a bad thing, but it's like she notices that I'm the only one she's ever seen who looks like this. And my nieces, mm-hmm. who are six and four, they explain them <laughs> um, and they they refer to it as me looking like art class. So they'll be like, Uncle Beam, like, yes, you know, you have a lot of tattoos. I do. I was there. Um, <laughs> you look like art class. I'm like, well, your face looks like a kneecap. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, so that always makes me laugh because they are like amazed by it. And and just looking at like childhood education, early childhood education, like they've even found a way to relate to me when it comes to tattoos. Like my eldest, you know, she's like, Uncle B, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm just like, okay, what are you going to get? You know, she's like a unicorn. But like just that, <laughs> like to, right. to, to know that they understand that people look different is, mm-hmm. is something that one makes me laugh and, and two makes me smile. I, I really appreciate it because it's not the 50s where, you know, you know, back back in the day, you see somebody with tattoos. You think they're in a biker gang and wear leather jackets like like I work a clerical job like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, it's, and it's like, you know, that
0: always makes me smile. Because I'm about this tattoo life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, it, It's, yeah, 100%. I agree with you. It's funny how even, because I have brands, so even the kids, they'll just look at they you. They want to, like, like <laughs> you're like, what is that? You gotta... <laughs> is that? Is that, what is that? Is no? that, that's nice. Like, I, like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, don't ever do that. You I just put know. in the head early. <laughs> don't ever do that yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> But, Again, it was a great time speaking with oh, you. Oh yeah,
2: likewise, um, enjoyed
0: it. It was like when you get this, uh, the 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 like the I don't know how to say it. The grand premiere, the yep. grand premiere. Whenever you do red carpet event, just let me know. I yeah, yeah a cool. we'll, get you time. we'll get your heads up.
2: We'll get your heads up.
0: Yeah. Um, and then also, um, yeah. So this is the end of the podcast. The only thing I need you guys to do is give us your um. Any plugs that you want to do, any way people can reach you on social media. Um, and that's about it. All
1: right. <laughs> so, my Facebook name is Brittany Nicole, B R I T T N E E. Um, my Instagram is Pickleville Productions. I would spell that out, but it'll be on there. It'll be written <laughs> on your caption. Um, and um, I have a LinkedIn account. It's under Brittany. Brittany And. I have a Twitter, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's also Pickleville Productions.
2: So I have a Twitter, uh, because I like to talk that talk. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Brendan Colbert. That's B-R-E-N-N-D-E-N-C-O-L-B-E-R-T. And I also have a YouTube page uh, where Brittany and I just, you know, talk that talk about everything about, Police brutality, white supremacy, and we do movie reviews. So, Brendan Colbert on Twitter and Brendan Colbert on uh, YouTube. And that's where you can find me.
0: I've seen the music, the um, the reviews. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. As <laughs> you guys have like. Like it's it's sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's she gonna say? What he's gonna say? Yeah, oh, he yeah. don't like that. Because Brittany's but, like, like, you know like. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, no, burn it down. You know, I like.
1: Yeah. I'm like burn it down, but maybe like, you know, burn it <laughs> yeah. the fence down. <laughs> <Get up. laughs> you <Yeah. That's laughs> know.
0: I
2: see right on the nail.
0: <laughs> um, but of course, all this information would be provided in this um show description. Um, the last thing we do here on. Drew vs. the World, they say our catchphrase is love, peace, and chicken grease. All right. So I would love you guys to do it together. <laughs> um, I'm going to count to three, and then you can do it, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Ready? One, two, three. Love,
1: love peace, and chicken,
0: chicken and grease. grease. That was awesome. Wow. And, we're <laughs> and we're out. And this has been another episode of Drew versus the World.